Good morning and welcome to the name of Jesus. Today we start the longest season in the church year. It's Pentecost season where green is the color for the majority of the time. We'll have a couple of reds pop, pop in for some feast days, um, maybe a white once, but it'll be green for a long, long time. And for us, we're in the green season out in the world, aren't we? Spring is here and Flowers are popping up all over the place, and uh, if you take that, that growth area, you bring it into the church during the season, it is indeed a season of growth. This morning, we're going to look at the, our gospel lesson, which is Matthew chapter 9. If you uh, get the daily devotion, you'll have five days of, of Matthew 9. You can have one more, but we're going to be looking at it a little bit different than we did the last five days. So... Um, as always, we pray that as you, as you hear God's word through our, our, our liturgy, today we're doing Divine Service 1 from the hymnal. You can follow along in the hymnal or on the screens. Um, and as we hear God's word through the sermon, through the readings, through the body and blood of Jesus, uh, we pray that your faith is just strengthened and you hear the call as, as Jesus did with Matthew. He simply said, come follow me. Matthew got up from his tax booth, and you have a new part of history going. Let's begin with our opening hymn, hymn number 915, Today Your Mercy Calls Us.
Please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. We take a few moments to reflect silently on God's word and for self-examination. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. We sing, This is the Feast.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to seek and to save the lost. Graciously open our ears and our hearts to hear his call and to follow him by faith that we may, we may feast with him forever in his kingdom. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. Good morning. Today's Old Testament reading comes from the Hosea chapter 5 and 6. I will return again to my place until they acknowledge their guilt and seek my face, and in their distress earnestly seek me. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. What shall I do with you? O Ephraim, what shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes early away. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets. I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle comes to us from the book of Romans, chapter 4. The promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That is why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations, in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations, as he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. 
No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him, who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. As Jesus passed on from there, he, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. If you have any children that like to come up for children's message? Can I sit with you? Awesome. I have a picture for you. Do you guys know what this is? It's, it's close to stethoscope. I can't even see it now. Stethoscope. That's good. And who uses something like this? A doctor. He does, right? To hear your heartbeat and, and he checks how your breathing is and wants, or she does and then wants to make sure that you're well, right? So you guys been to the doctor? Right? And they use the stethoscope? Was it cold or was it warm? Yeah, my doctor usually goes, and then puts it on me, because it's usually cold. So, you guys want this? You want it? No? <sighs> okay, well, let me tell you a story. <laughs> so, in the gospel lesson today, there's this man named Matthew. And, and before we get to Matthew, we have Jesus is, is going around, and, and he went to see a lot of people. And he mostly went to see people who were not well. And healthy-wise, as far as their health, they may have been really, really well. But their spiritual health, meaning they were maybe big sinners. 
They might have even been little sinners, too. They didn't, didn't do what God would have them do. And one of these persons' name was Matthew. And Matthew was a tax collector. You know what tax collectors do? So they collect money from people who supposedly they're supposed to give it to the government. But what tax collectors did back in that day, Matthew being one of them, is they would go and they would say, okay, you owe $100 in taxes. Pay me. And you would pay them. And then they would go to the governor and just give the governor about $30. And they would keep the $70. Is that right or wrong? Yeah, it's kind of wrong, actually. So, and so in those days, those tax collectors were hated because of that. They would come and collect money. And, and Matthew was Jewish, and so his, his own people were just like, how could you be working for the government? Because they didn't like the Roman government at that time. And so Jesus says, when he, he, he's asked, why is, why is Jesus sitting with people like a tax collector? And Jesus says, well, I came to save the sick. And, so, and what he's saying there is sick. Is, is you guys and me, all of them too. They just don't know it. Okay. Are sick. Because do you guys ever do anything that's wrong? Like sometimes, huh? Yeah. You ever get caught? You ever get caught? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not good to do that, right? What? You f <gasps> Each other? Who wins? Not like that? <laughs> You argue, okay, I got it, okay. I want to make sure it wasn't a fist fight, you know, that would not be good. So, so Jesus came to heal the sick. And the sick people for Jesus are all, it's actually everybody, because everybody sin, right? You fight, that could be a sin, right? Sometimes we shouldn't do that. And uh, do you ever tell a lie? You can tell me, it's okay. Never, ever? That is so good. I'm not sure I believe it, but that's so good anyway. <laughs> you think some of the people out there might tell lies occasionally? You do? Okay. She just called you all out. I'm <laughs> sorry. So, but most people do little, what we call little sins, like, oh, it's just a little white lie. And some do really big, big sins. But in Jesus' eye, they're all sins. And so he went to this guy, came Matthew, who was known as a really big sinner, and he simply says to him, follow me. Now, you know what that means? Kind of? You want me to help you? Okay. So what, so what he wanted him to do was to, to leave all of his tax collector stuff alone and all of the bad things he was doing, all of the wrong things, all the sins that he was doing, and to come and follow Jesus. So here's Matthew making all kinds of money, and Jesus says, come follow me and give all that up. What do you think Matthew did? Uh, take a guess. He either followed Jesus or he stayed a tax collector. He followed Jesus just like that. And Jesus says the same thing to, to you two, <clears throat> excuse me, and to me, all of them, everybody in the whole world. He simply says, come follow me. And hopefully, we do. We give up our sinful life. We still sin because we're human beings, and we sin all the time. We, we might tell lies. We, 
might say bad things, we might do all kinds of things. And, and that's why today, earlier in our service, we already asked God, could you forgive us? Forgive us because I sinned. And we have a little bit of quiet time so people can lift up their own sins to, to God. And did God forgive our sins? He did, right? And that makes us holy, at least for that moment, until we sin again. So let's give thanks to God, all right? And let's pray together. Dear Jesus, help us to be willing to go to those who need you and tell them of your love as you call me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing our song of the day, Your Grace is Enough.
grace is enough. Out of grace, he called Matthew. Out of grace, he calls you and me. Our sermon text this morning is our gospel lesson from Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13. And we'll see if my microphone makes it through without interfering. Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Any of you remember Harry Truman? Few of us might have been alive. Harry Truman is said to have loved telling stories, especially stories about people. So he told the story once about a man who had been hit on the head at work, and the blow was so severe that the man was knocked unconscious for a long period. His family was convinced that this man was dead. So they called the funeral home and asked the funeral director to come and pick up the man, and which the funeral director did. Well, early the next morning, the man suddenly awoke. He sat up straight in the casket. Puzzled, he blinked several times and looked around, trying to put the whole thing together. The man thought to himself, hmm. If I'm alive, what in the world am I doing in this soft, satin-filled box? And then he thought, well, if I'm dead, why do I have to go to the bathroom? <laughs> Clearly, the man was confused. Well, as you can probably figure out, our gospel text for today concerns the call of the disciple Matthew and how we humans sometimes can be confused as to how we might follow and obey the Word of God. Now, to begin with, Matthew would probably not be the type of person most of us would recruit for ministry if we were looking for someone to serve in that function. 
And the reason being is that Matthew would not meet, most likely, any of our expectation of what a good disciple of Jesus Christ would be like in our ministry setting. For you see, Matthew was not a very well-liked person because, as I told the kids, and it's in our text, he collected taxes for the Roman government. And everyone at that time knew that the moral behavior of tax collectors in the Roman Empire was certainly not one that most people would like to even imitate because tax collectors were greedy. They had their little fingers in every aspect of their life. For example, we know that Matthew was a tax collector in the town of Capernaum, a small fishing village. Well, did you know that when the local fishermen came in and returned to port after fishing, Matthew was there. He immediately was ready to, to tax their catch and the tax the number of nets that they also had in their boats to catch the fish. And of course, Matthew would tax more than what he would give to the Roman government so that he could put money in his own pocket. And so it is no wonder that the tax collectors were hated and that Matthew, the tax collector, would not meet the approval of the Pharisees who are watching Jesus when Jesus simply said to Matthew, come, follow me. So when Matthew got up and he walked away from his tax collecting booth and was seen in the presence of Jesus and other tax collectors and other sinners, the Pharisees naturally asked the disciples of Jesus, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? After all, this is, is not how a good and proper follower of the law behave. For you see, the Pharisees did not like anything less than the very perfection that they thought they themselves personified. We know this because the very name set them apart, for the term Pharisee literally means the separated ones. Scripture informs us that Pharisees separated themselves from the common folk and that the Pharisees themselves from the tax collectors, they separated themselves and from other public sinners that the Pharisees separated themselves from anyone that was not like them. So the question that we ask ourselves is, well, why did Jesus eat with these sinners? And why did Jesus associate with the social outcasts? And the answer is provided by Jesus himself. He says, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of these words. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And the fact of the matter is, you and I, whether we ever admit it, are all poor, miserable sinners. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, says this. Most of you probably know this verse. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul did not state that just the tax collector had sinned or that the thieves or murderers or adulterers had sinned. Paul said all had sinned. And that means every single one. Unfortunately, the Pharisees were unable to understand that nobody, including themselves, could be made right before God through their own efforts. 
The Pharisees were so caught up in all things that they did for God that they believed that God was in debt to them. And as a result, they were so caught up in themselves that they had no time, no place, or purpose for a person such as Matthew. But that is not how Jesus viewed things. Because Jesus went to Matthew and he looked him in the eye and he simply said, follow me. And Matthew got up from his booth and followed Jesus. And that is the same call that Jesus gives to each and every one of you and to me. And if anyone should ever ask you how God has called you, you too can proclaim that God has called me a poor sinner to be his disciple in his creation. For the good news is that Jesus did not come to call the righteous, but rather the sinner. Jesus did not come to heal the healthy, but to cure the sick. And the sickness that troubles us all is our sin, that Jesus Christ himself can only cure through his mercy and through his forgiveness. I'd like to close today with a story, a story that I read quite a long time ago, and it's a story about an elderly woman who lived in India. And she uh, was given a Bible, and after reading the Bible, she accepted the good news of Jesus Christ. She states that when her neighbors found out that she had accepted Jesus as Lord, they were not all very happy with her, and they did everything they could to make her life miserable and to force her to reject Jesus. They ridiculed her, they harassed her, they shunned her, they even yelled at her on the street. And one day, one of them shouted, you are the ugliest woman I have ever seen. And here's her response, this little old lady. She says, isn't it wonderful how God can love an ugly woman like me? Isn't it wonderful how God can love a sinner like me and prove that love on the cross and call me into living, loving relationship with himself and give me that love day by day in his word and in the sacrament? Isn't it wonderful that God loves you and me, and he calls each and every one of us into a loving relationship with himself. And he does that through his word and sacrament and the fellowship of the Christian church, which you and I have been baptized into. And to that, we should all exclaim, thanks be to God. That was really poor. <laughs> the little old lady shouted out, how thankful that I am an ugly woman who Jesus has called. And we should shout out, thanks be to God. And if you haven't been baptized yet, come talk to me. Because our Lord also calls to you. Come and follow him. Amen. Let us rise for prayer. Let us pray.
God of wisdom and justice, deliver us from the foolishness of ignoring you. Teach us your wisdom through Jesus Christ that we may seek your goodness and embody your love to all your people. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let's profess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe. pray. As dear children ask their dear father, let us bring to the Lord our prayers this day, knowing that he will hear us and respond to our petitions. Confidently, we come to our father in heaven. Lord, in your mercy. As citizens of our blessed land, we pray for the world in which we live and for the leaders of every nation, as well as of our own, that peace may prevail around the globe and that we may live without fear in our time. Lord, in your mercy. In this season of growth, we pray for the church, that it may grow and flourish even in those places where persecution of our Lord's sake is known. Grant that there be unhindered access to the table of the Lord in every land. Lord, in your mercy. Gather in heart and mind, we pray for those in need of our special petitions, including those distanced from this fellowship today and including those dealing with illness and the homebound. We also remember those who grieve this day and those with special needs, uh, especially we lift up Steve and Mary Westall, Barbara Freitas, Jason Whittington, Dave Merriman, Bob Morrison, and Joan Walker. According to your good and gracious will, bring strength to the weak, assurance to the fearful, and hope to those in peril. And we also lift up Donna's brother-in-law, who, who is suffering greatly. Lord, in your mercy. With thankfulness, remember those whose earthly lives have been completed, including relatives, friends, and members of this household of faith, and so many others. Grant that we be blessed by the memory of all who have fallen asleep in Jesus, as in blessed hope we await the resurrection to life eternal and the final invitation to the banquet in God's kingdom. And we especially remember Margaret Abachia 
and Tom Coleman. Lord, in your mercy, gathered in the forgiving love of Christ and assured that our Heavenly Father hears our petition, we say with hopeful hopes and all voices, Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death in the grave and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of eternal life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and singing. Our Father, who art in heaven, Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink, this is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Let us rise and sing, sing of thanks. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this solitary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy, you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. We sing 10,000 reasons. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh. 
Please be seated. We have announcements this morning. Wow. I'll have to think of some announcements. We can't have a service without announcements. Um, this coming Wednesday at uh, 11 a.m. is uh, Margaret Abibatia's uh, uh, funeral. And you're all invited to, to come. And it's followed by, by lunch. Um, and uh, so come and celebrate life with the uh, Dan and his brother and sister and the rest of their family and friends. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I got that one. <laughs> one more time. That'd be a third person. I got a charm here, right? VBS. But I'm saving that one for last. There was one I needed to do that. Let's see. Uh, yesterday was our, and we should include that in our prayers today, my apologies, was the graduation of our preschool kids. And hopefully some of you were able to, to make that, and they held it here in the sanctuary yesterday, which was uh, awesome. Normally, we've done it in the, downstairs in the gym and moved it upstairs, so it's kind of nice so, uh, for that. And we, so we pray for those kids as they leave us and head over to public schools, maybe private schools, you know, and we keep them in our prayers and their families as they go uh, with that. Um, VBS. Three weeks. Is that about right? Somewhere around there. The last week of June. Uh, we do need a couple more people uh, to help us lead groups around. Um, and uh, we will, uh, my fault, I meant to have it out this past week. We'll have a list out to you of things that if you have things at home like 10 by 10 pop-up tents, we need 10 of them. We have some already have already brought some in, but if you have one that we could borrow for the week, we will let. We promise not to ruin it. We're gonna turn it into uh, the marketplace of Babylon, and so we need ten tents, tents because we have ten stations, um, and we'll need some other things. We'll shoot them out to you, um, and if, if you have that, you can lend to us or give to us. You can just drop it off next week. We'll send it out Monday, um, 
to anybody's email address we have in the church and uh, go from there. Um, with that, then, if there are no other announcements, um, let's move out into the world. Maybe stop off and have some coffee or juice first, and then maybe stay in a Bible study, uh, and then go out with God's Word. Um, and remember that you and I are no better than anybody. We're just like Matthew, and Matthew was hated by the world. If you stand up as a Christian today, I think I could probably safely guarantee that you will be hated by the world, which is why we have a family here, because when we're hated by the world, we need our brothers and our sisters to hold us, hold us up, right? As God strengthens them, and then strengthens me, and then strengthens Michael, and we just go right down through the whole list of all of you here, right? So stand up. It's okay to be hated by the world because that's one more person that you witness to maybe without even saying a word, right? Um, and no matter what happens, Jesus is with you. And, uh, and that's a good thing. So let's go in peace. Let's serve the Lord. Remember, Jesus says, come follow me, me being him.